This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, back with Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Hey guys, we are back and before we get started, before I say hi to Corey, I just want to announce that, you know, I might have, you know, shit on the Arizona Coyotes last week, our last episode, and, you know, I do believe some of my criticism was rightfully, you know, rightfully so. However, we have a phenomenal Arizona Coyotes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network and we are going to play a brief clip a kind of commercial-esque thing to promote the show and you know kind of my way of also showing Corey and Richie you know I apologize for my semi-harsh comments I'm not going to take all of them back but uh here you go guys I'm Corey Francois I'm Richie Suave Flores and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave on the Hockey Podcast Network what did I just listen to oh this game this game is this game is just bullshit now oh my gosh I actually, they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. What a redemption. I'm just going to say it. Fuck it. Dude, you shit on them and look what they do. Three goals in the first fucking period. And everyone talking shit on Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel. Dude, the, the, the Hamburglar and fucking Taylor Hall straight in. Did some fucking work. It all starts with their, their fucking captain. I'm so excited for them. Um, they, they really had Nashville's number in the beginning of the season. I'm glad that they were able to take a win today. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they kind of made me look like shit, but I got to respect a, uh, <laughs> a big win when – you know, when I see one, and you know what? I don't think anyone should be surprised by this, though. Arizona's theoretically the favorite. Favorite, They're a higher seed. They've got some quality players. You know, Nashville hasn't looked good coming out or going in in the first place into this play-in. So, uh, I don't think it's something we should be too surprised about. So, you know what? Fair play to the Coyotes. Everybody is picking Nashville based on, you know – what they what they believe they're capable of. No one's given Arizona that credit because they still see them as, as a, a, a young team rebuilding. But I'm not going to lie. Darcy Kemper it looked really good today. And then Nashville is having their problem where we already know, shout out to Isha, who thinks that, <laughs> that you know, the starter over in Nashville was going to do something. Didn't even play today. They put in the juice, man, Yossi Soros. And you know what? He couldn't get the fucking job done. But everyone's a little rusty that first game. We'll see how they do. I don't think Pecorino is going to do much better than that. I still got Arizona beating them. Shout out, Corey and Richie. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, that, and that's enough. That's enough of that. Because yeah, I was just I am about to say. Fucking excited to talk about the one win that we I, that I wanted. They can win more. I don't want them to win. But this was the one game I wanted them to fucking win, and we did it. And I'm so excited to talk about Nick Suzuki. Just him. Just kidding. I was just about to say, you know, 
good on the Yotes, but I don't give a fuck about the Yotes <laughs> or the Preds right now because the Habs just fucking spank Crybaby Crosby and the Penguins. I know it was 3-2, but if it wasn't for those fucking refs, and we're going to fucking talk about that today, you know, it would have been an absolute spanking. Carey Price with a .951 save percentage made, I believe, 39 saves on 41 shots. Absolutely ridiculous. A return to form from Carey Price. As you mentioned, Slick Nick Suzuki coming out there with the phenomenal snipe. You posted a gif of a guy just unloading with a big-ass sniper rifle. That was a perfect depiction of it. And you know what? That wasn't even the best part of his game. That wasn't his best play. His best play came on the defensive side of the puck. Multiple times, he was just phenomenal defensively. Dude, he was uh, – like, just, just as – I'm not sm- – Fuck, dude, I'm just all over the place. Anyway, this kid's ability to see the puck and knock those pucks down, dude, little Nick Lidstrom out there, like, holy shit. This kid was running people, was – one, first off, the biggest thing I think he really did was he was able to shut down Evgeny Malkin. Even though Evgeny Malkin had a couple of chances, what a great (laughs) – what a great first playoff game for this kid to take a, take down a veteran like that. Give him nothing. Put up a fucking goal. The kid swaps out his fucking stick. Why? Because he's a badass. He's laying checks. He, dude, he did fucking everything. He should have been the first, second, and then – no. I, he should have been the first. The second should have went to fucking Carey Price. And the third stall should have went right back to fucking Nick Suzuki. He was phenomenal on every end of the puck. On all end, sorry, every end of the ice, all over the puck, he, for lack of a better term, carried Montreal. Not not carry. It was a great team effort, but he, you know, Montreal was thrown on the back of a two twenty-year-old centermen. Because we're going to talk about Kakaniemi's game too. We're not going to forget about that because he had a phenomenal game too. But right now, let's just let's just talk about Nick Suzuki. I. It was phenomenal. And, you know, I think I even said at the start of the game, I tweeted out, you know, about how Nick Suzuki was going to play defensively. I expected him to do well. And you know what? He just proved me fucking right. He made me look good. He battled on the puck hard. He, like you mentioned with Malkin. And, you know, I think that's kind of underappreciated from all the things that happened that game because that was, I think by far the best game. And that's not just me trying to be biased. You know, that, that Chicago <laughs> game, that Chicago game was something special. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, for Chicago just in terms fans, of the, they yeah, were... <laughs> the, the competitiveness of this Penn's Habs game was absurd. And just the drama in the shoot, in the, in not the shootout, in the penalty shots with Shiri and Drew and both whiffing. Like, it, it oh, was man. unbelievable. But Connor was – you could tell that something was just not right with him that night. He had a couple of great chances, and you can just tell, like, every one of them just affected him that much worse, made his play style even – I don't know. He could have been the difference maker in that game two or three times, and it just did not go his way. So could have Malkin if it weren't for Nick Suzuki, though. Nick fucking Suzuki. I think dude. you put it perfectly. My I wouldn't God. say Suzuki. Suzuki didn't shut him down. Because you don't shut down Evgeny Malkin. No, but he was able to tail him. Yes, contain. I'm just so impressed with this kid. I'm so impressed, and I'm not going to lie. 
that fucking trade looks better every goddamn day. Oh my god! Every so fucking good. day that this kid comes out here and plays like that, it's <laughs> Patrick's not even playing right now. And you know, Patrick has by far had a phenomenal season, probably the best of his career. Absolutely. Maybe aside from his thirty-nine goal output with Montreal, but the best <laughs> of his career. No, in I... Vegas this year, but Nick Suzuki, that is our. <laughs> Looking like our 1A or 1B center of the future. And right now, he's got to step up on Kakaniemi. I'm not going to lie. But I think he might have a few less steps than we really thought he did initially because let, let's give Kakaniemi credit. Um, to pat myself on the back First a little off, bit more yeah, because I feel like it. I have to. You fucking called yep. it. And I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. That's I'll go Thomas Tatar. Not even close. Like, <laughs> no. Tatar's actually pretty quiet that game, but – you know, he I had don't that one great look, was, though. I'm not going to lie. He had that one great look. Just didn't go oh, his way. He whiffed two times in a row. Yes, right he did. But I'll give it to Kot Ken Niemi. You know, I think Nick Suzuki showed his prowess that game, and it kind of undermined Kot Ken Niemi. But at the same time, like you said, you know, we both saw something that, that really put it into perspective that two 20-year-olds were able to put this, this team – uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins thinking that this was going to be an easy run and done. Two 20-year-olds went out there and proved that they could play this game. Hey, I just want to, you know, I don't know if you know, Corey, because I know you don't always, you know, you're not as much of a Twitter whore as I am. Because I spend, <laughs> you know, especially last night, I spent an absurd amount of time on Twitter. But um, a few days ago, they were talking to Zach Aston Reese of the Pens about Montreal's first line and how they were a good first line and asking him how they thought he was con- they would contain Sidney Crosby. And he said, I-, I don't even know who Montreal's first line is. Well, do you fucking know who they are now, you little shit? <laughs> Zach Aston Reese was on the ice for the very first goal against, and I just had to smile because fuck you, Zach Aston Reese. Kakeniemi's just giving you a big-ass middle finger. Finished with a minus two on the game. Did absolutely nothing, you little shit. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Fuck you, Zach Aston Reese. But no, um, I've definitely been yeah. dipping my little toes in the water, uh, being a Twitter bitch, uh, and, and just <laughs> just getting on there. I think, uh, shout out to fucking uh, Be- what is it now? Vegas Nightly. Uh, yes. We've been going back and forth. It's been a lot of fun. They've been keeping me uh, up all night responding to them and shit but uh man I, I don't remember who said it but there were so many people complaining that we don't have a true center and we need that star to make this team go after watching Nick Suzuki you know after, after this game I can't say I can't really be upset that they had those things to say but I know that now they feel stupid seeing that this young ass kid is walking his way into that spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And to play devil's advocate, because you know, you got to I got I got to throw some negativity out in the way. Just you know, to throw it into, into perspective, because game two is not going to be like this. The Pens are going to come out fucking swinging. Swing. Montreal is going to be. It's going to be like the first period, the first few minutes. Montreal was on the back burner. It looked like they were overwhelmed. They didn't know what to do. That's going to be the start of game two. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. Crosby and Malkin are too goddamn competitive. It does show the depth of this team that Montreal had to rely on the talents of two 20-year-old rookie 
a rookie and a sophomore who was in the AHL in their first playoff NHL playoff game. The fact they had to rely on them so much does, you know, kind of paid testament to the depth of our forward, especially our center. But I also think it shows how bright our future is down the middle. I a hundred percent agree. Um, I mean, fuck, I think you, I think you wrote, uh, it's not the future. Like you, it's like the present now. Yeah. Like, Cause they're all, they're all ready. They're all waiting to get their chance. And, um, man, that was such a fucking fun game to watch. Yeah, no one talked about it either, but fucking Paul Byron at the very start of the game came out and just fucking nailed somebody. I don't know who it was because the Sportsnet camera, you know, the camera work wasn't very good at the start of that game. I don't know if maybe they were kind of in preseason mode too, kind of getting warmed <laughs> up. But I just, out of the corner of my eye, and this is leading into something, sorry, but Paul Byron just came out of nowhere. I have never seen Paul Byron launch someone. Like, I, I don't know what Penn's player he hit, but they went flying. And yeah, I had to go that, on Twitter. It was that, like, center, huh? Yeah, I had to go on Twitter and say who the fuck just threw that ball because <laughs> I couldn't believe it was Byron. But um, just leading into what I'm getting at there, I don't know if I've seen the Habs play a game that hard with that much, like, gusto, like, the ferocity in which they played that game in a year and a half. I haven't seen them play that hard in a very long time. It was just – it was exciting, and it got me into it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I've been saying that for a while. You know, uh, I mean, shit, one of the first times I ever came on this podcast is that we're a bunch of non-all-stars that can come together and make a team that can beat all-stars. And, you know, last night we did that. And granted, it wasn't the cleanest, but fuck, we did it. You know, we found a way to beat our adversaries that are – you know, on paper way better than us and shit like that. You know, there were some players that kind of stood out to me that kind of fell off or maybe not fell off, just didn't have the best starting game. But man, I can't be more excited for like these, these young players, you know, and that just those two, just to reach out and see that. Fuck. I, <laughs> I was so glued to my fucking television last night. And oh, the, pe- was... the, the people that are mad that Max Domi still in the fourth line, I get it. You want him to be higher up, but fuck, dude, him with Paul Byron looks phenomenal. He didn't play with Byron that game. He played with uh, no the. Uh, I meant like the uh, when they when they were in the exhibition, how they were they were oh. upset about him playing with them. He looked phenomenal, and I I don't see why that. I mean, yeah, like I would want him to be higher up, but if if he's got to play that role right now, so be it. I don't think he's gonna complain. I got to say, I don't often disagree with you, but I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Go for it. Because as much as I was into that game and, you know, was all for – there aren't a lot of negatives I had with the Habs performance. The amount of times I screamed at my TV, what the fuck are you doing, Dale Weiss? Was Not the biggest Dale Weiss fan, not going to lie. I, I don't dislike – Dutch Gretzky will forever live on as a beauty, a Montreal Canadiens legend, a certified beaut. But that was 2014. This is 2020. Dale Weiss is not fast enough, not talented enough, and doesn't see the game well enough to play with Max Domi. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Wheel playing either, but Jordan Wheel does have that offensive you know, mindset in which he can kind of keep up with Max Domi. My big question, though, was like, 
you've got Ryan Paling and Jake Evans. Why the fuck are they on the bench and Dale Weiss is playing? Because you know what? Montreal's got nothing to lose in this. It's We can only go up. You know what I mean? We, we, won, we stole that first game. We're, any game we win, we steal. So why not play the young guys? It's it's just, I don't know. It's a classic Claude Julian move that you know he, he has been getting more away from. But you he we saw it with Kale Fleury not playing over Ouellette too. Ouellette had a pretty horrible game. Let's be honest. That Mete Ouellette pairing was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I just think you know play the fucking young guys. That's what this series should be about. Get them well, some playoff experience. Well, I, I hope I hope we see that in the second in the second game. Uh, I mean, Dale Weiss's biggest contribution, I mean, he had five fucking hits, and they and they were integral, you know. Uh, he didn't get power play time like uh, Jordan Wheel did. Ugh, but Disgusting. It's just, I don't know. I get where you're coming from. The old, uh, old Dale Weiss is fine with me. Um, I like what you're saying, though. I even saw it on Twitter, people saying, you know, Domi should not have to play alongside Wheel. Or, or or Weiss, but I mean, I just don't understand why you don't pair him back up with Paul Byron because that was a nasty line in the exhibition. Well, I think Domi played a pretty pretty phenomenal game. Not not absurd, not anything to you know really write home about, but it was a good game. Um, he wasn't he didn't play the game Kakanyemi played, and I just want to get into that a little more if that's okay with you. Dude. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I just thought that Kakanyemi's game was not perfect, but I pretty damn close to it from what chippy. I wanted to see from him. Yes, because he came out using that big body and a little sidetracking a little bit. Sorry, it's going to happen this episode. I did think Montreal had a game plan going into that of we're going to make the Penguins bitch and cry and we're going to hit them. Because Montreal is not a you know notoriously physical team, and they were just hucking the pens all over the ice. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not the big uh, pens are probably have a bigger average size than them, but Montreal was throwing them all over the place. Kakanyemi played right into that. But to get back onto my point, I think Domi and especially Kakanyemi were kind of falling into the the issue of maybe less for Kakanyemi that night because you know Byron and Lekkinen actually played pretty well. But stringing passes cross ice or a spinorama passes or no look passes that land on the stick of Dale Weiss or Arturi Lekkinen, who I love as a player, should be playing with Kakanyemi, but he can't fucking finish to save his life. <laughs> and if that any pass that hits Dale Weiss's stick just either bobbles over it or he hits it too far ahead of himself and he's slow as fuck so he can't get it, I just, it's frustrating. And, you know, those are two guys who I understand you want depth. But maybe play them together because Kakaniemi giving that some of the dishes he gave to Lekkinen and Byron last night on Domi's stick, probably they end up in the back of the net. So I just think, you know, like I said, don't play this too safe. Obviously, you want to win games. We want to win this series. You know, as a team, the team wants to win. Would it be the best thing for us? Probably not. But you know what? As a fan, I'm going to root for it. Play Domi and KK together. I think I think you're right. You know, I think you're right. I think uh, Domi had that one that one look. They they even they brought it up. Maybe he didn't see he had enough opening that he could have took advantage of. But I guarantee if if it was if it was passed to him from Kotkaniemi, 
I feel like that confidence would have been there a little bit more. You know, his his pairing was a, was a little off, but I'm just super proud of Kat Kenyemi to come out there and throw the body and and you know in fucking thirteen you know third almost fourteen minutes of ice time last night proved that he can be a part of this team and be an integral part. And um, I was so scared they were gonna take that fucking goal away. But uh, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of it this morning. That no matter no matter what had happened, it was it was it was heading into the net. Oh yeah. But man, I couldn't be more proud of a kid who had to sit down in Laval and get upset to come back. And even if it's not the prettiest goal, but to put that to put the Montreal Canadiens on top, you know, pretty much halfway into the first period. I was just nothing but excited, excited for this young kid. I mean, you could see it in his face. Just kudos oh. to Kat Kenyemi for the for the time he's put into investing to build himself up for this team. It's fucking exciting, to say the least. I am <laughs> so happy for our future and for these two young fucking stars. That's what they are. They are stars in the making. I think Suzuki he's going to be a bonafide star next year if he continues to play the way he is. Not not just defensively where he is clearly dominant. Clearly. I think he gets overshadowed not only because he's a rookie and he's in Montreal, but also because of Deneau. And I'm not going to get on a Deneau-Selkie rant, but the people Selkie champ is Philip Deneau. I don't know. Ugh, whoever the fuck votes on it is not voting for the best play. I think it's when you talk to most hockey people like us, you know, beat writers, podcasters, the average fan, when people watch Philip Deneau and, you know, we, we've seen this and just in our Slack group, the guys, you know, when hockey first came back, they're watching the exhibition and they watch this Pens game, just commenting in our Slack group, you know, Tom Franklin of the blues. I think Wag said something too. Philip Deneau is so good defensively. And they were just commenting on it because it's he's just so gosh darn good. Nick Suzuki's getting right up there with him. I just and then won the offensive game. You know when he puts starts putting up sixty seventy points, which I think is attainable for him. He's going to be a bona fide star in Montreal, like we haven't seen in a very long time. I'm happy they gave him a lot of time on the ice last night. Um, Philip Deneau most did look good last team. night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most among forwards, twenty three. I think he's in the top five of players. For Montreal last night, I believe um, he was fourth after Sherratt, Petrie, and Weber. Yeah, yeah, because they were Sherratt's the only one that didn't uh, bank 30, 30 plus. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Deneau looked really good last night. Uh, there was one penalty that was kind of I, I get where he was going for, but I think oh. you know, in, in the moment it, it just kind of happens. You know what I'm saying? But like the way Carey Price was playing. He was he was in a good position. It would have been a very tough shot to get past Carey Price in that moment. But he did what he had to do. I'm not mad at him. But, man, if you look at the stat sheet, this dude is all over the fucking board. And it just speaks volumes as to what type of player he is for this fucking team. And I'm just so excited that, you know, Philip Deneau really shined in this game, even though, the, the you know, our youth forwards did. But Philip Deneau was really there the, the whole time, just making sure that this game did not get out of hand 
for oh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. For sure. And you know, Crosby only scored when Philip Deneau got off the ice. <laughs> I'm not saying Philip Deneau stopped Crosby because you don't like like Malkin, you don't stop Crosby. Crosby's gonna get his points, he's gonna get his goals. Yeah, but, and his I said it yeah. last night, his goals are fucking unrealistic. You can't stop most even of the games. one he scored. Yeah. That he how many goals has he scored from behind the net? Like behind in the goal line. I it wasn't the most breathtaking goal, but I think it's just because it's Crosby. If it's another player, you go, damn, you know, that was a nice goal. Yeah, no, but it's just him, Crosby, so we're just used to it. It's so yeah, exactly. It's so ridiculous, it's so unbelievable that it's just like well, it makes sense he could score from there. You know, that <laughs> yeah. he could he could play it off of the fucking blade of Carey Price for at the bank end, you know. The split second I saw who was covering him and that at Crosby was about to get the puck behind the net, I got nervous. And you don't get nervous in that situation because most players aren't going to score that and they're not going to have the wherewithal to even think about shooting puck. But that that's just fucking Crosby. I don't Crosby's like Crosby, Crosby behind the net, period. He is yeah. too – that is his fucking wheelhouse. He's insane back there. He's crafty as shit. He's also a little whiny-ass bitch. You, he uh, can you be. He, he absolutely can be. You mentioned – Go ahead. Oh, you mentioned ahead. the penalties. And I don't know if you want you want to get into this yet. <laughs> but uh Oh man. Sidney Crosby should have had at least four penalty minutes last night. The biggest one is laying down on Brendan Gallagher. Shout out to Brendan Gallagher first off. Um because this I don't think there's another player out there that is willing to take the abuse of four different players beating the fuck out of him at the same time and still trying his best to fucking put the puck in the back of the net. Sidney Crosby legit sat on his face for I legit three seconds. I, fuck. I haven't seen – oh, sorry. We got fucking uh, tornado-ass warnings up here in uh, the fucking boonies. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Brief internet. We'll, we'll keep it rolling, though. Fucking – I love it. We can add, like – you know, a tornado siren sound. Who gives a fuck? You might not need work. to, man. The fucking house <laughs> might come down here soon enough. Jesus Christ. But, um, oh, man, I've got to say, I have not seen a worse officiated game all season. And I have bitched and moaned about the refs since this podcast started but that was one of the worst displays of professional sports officiating i have seen in years and it's not going to get fucking talked about because montreal came away with the dub but that was not fucking playoff hockey officiating it was for one team it was for the pens the pens were doing playoff shit and not getting called rightfully so it's the playoffs but some of the fucking bullshit the refs were calling on Montreal was absurd. Connor Sheary, you know, everyone's talking, oh, he blew blew his chance. You know what? Fucking good. I think that's karma because what the fuck was that penalty shot for? I've watched it a few times and I honestly don't, I cannot, even looking as a Penns fan, like trying to put myself in their shoes, I do not see anything wrong with the play. It was the lightest fucking shit call I have ever seen in a high pressure moment like that. Well, not ever. So I'm over exaggerating, but fuck, it pissed me off. I was losing my goddamn shit. Oh man. Uh, 
it was intense. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I love how you said that this, this might've been the most exciting game to watch, you know, granted, like fucking Kane's game is nothing but, you know, uh, fighting and hitting. And, and it was, it was just a really good game, but this game featured every possible scenario. And I think that's why, why you, you had leaned to that, not just because we're, we're Montreal fans and this is the game that was integral and the most important for us to watch, but it literally had everything that could go wrong did and every possible scenario happened. <laughs> oh, man. Brett Kulak did not deserve that. That penalty. What well, it was Kulak, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like what the fuck? Oh, you're gonna get me going. You're gonna get me going. <laughs> and then Crosby fucking comes out of here and RKO's like fucking Randy Arton out of nowhere. You know what? But that was. Now I give it to him. He's he's gonna start being piss and vinegar after. <laughs> I think it was fucking Ben Chirot just put a fucking stick in his teeth, like gave him a toothpick. I don't see that. That was a penalty, yes. Like, I understand why they called that. But also, how many times did that play happen that game? Right. And, like, Philip Deneau had two slash calls, and it was like, do you know how many times I've seen the Pens do that to a Habs player this this evening? Mm-hmm. It's the playoffs. Like, you let shit like that go. And I think what made it worse was fucking when the Pens players started flopping. Like, you saw fucking Jake Gensel. Michael Phelps that shit when Shea after the play with Shea everyone's just going what the fuck are you doing you're you're that good and you're gonna flop around on the ice like right. it's like fucking watching Neymar in the World Cup a few years ago I don't know if you watched <laughs> oh my fucking brutal uh, I think I was still working in the city and uh, I'm not gonna lie that was that was a good fucking uh, that was a good World Cup I think it might have been the first one I've ever really watched but it was because it was on at all times while I was at work, so dude, it, that that final was horrible, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the reason why I don't watch the sport so much. Now, granted, I do like soccer, and I guess my intro to soccer was insane. Like they tried, my parents tried to make me play it as a kid. I didn't like it. They stuck me in the back by the goalie, and I just kind of just fucking stood there. Um, but then I I re I was reintroduced late in life on 421 year and it blew my fucking mind. I felt like I was watching chess. So I did get, I, I did gain the respect of, of the game itself, but that specific game is kind of the reason why I tend not to watch it so much. I'm not the biggest fan of just watching penalties and cards being pulled out and what, what have you. And I don't know. I'm happy our game continues. And yes, a lot of penalties get called, but it's a lot more fast paced. It's and they're not they're not pussies about it. Uh, except for Jake Gensel, <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Where I don't I have the yeah, I don't I don't fucking care. Any player that go any team, if the house get past this, any team's fair game for me now. Fuck you guys. I forgot if, who said it. Uh and I don't mean to cut you off. But if you look at the shots on goal in the first period, uh, oh my God. six to 18, right? Some guy on Twitter, so shout out Anonymous. Thank you for pointing this out. But what better way to get Carey Price comfortable in net? Oh, I and know. And to give him all of these <laughs> to warm up. It was that I saw that tweet too. <laughs> oh, my. You're just fucking feeding the dragon, really. <laughs> I mean, it, oh. When Carey Price next game, when they say he's going to lace him up, 
guarantee is he's not talking about his shoes. He's talking about putting his fucking wife's underwear in his pocket, and he's ready to fucking stand on his head again. Oh, yeah. But you know what I don't fucking understand is all these Pens fans blaming Matt Murray. Matt Murray. Because they're fucking Pens. Dude, they are so fucking mean to this poor guy. It's not even funny. They don't fucking deserve him. They didn't deserve Flurry. They did the same to him. And when they moved Matt Murray, probably to fucking Seattle, because they're going to, you know, hold on to everyone else, they're going to do it to fucking Jari. He had a .914 save percentage with fucking Jack Johnson and fucking <laughs> Marina, who had a decent game, but defensively was kind of poor at times in front of him. Even Dumlin had some shit play. Like, the, the guy got you into overtime. He made 32 saves. It's the playoffs. Like, fucking take a break. Matt, Matt Murray kept them in that game. Not to the extent Price did with, you know, because you know, he's Price. But yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of disgusting. They're so ruthless on the guy. And, I mean, if you really look at it, that first goal, I can't even blame like, – you can't blame him for that, right? You can't blame him for the Cot Kennedy Emmy goal. That was one of those beautiful fucking plays for us. You know, it just kind of happened. You know, it's like the exhibition game for us against Toronto where Kerry Price fucking block everything, but the rebound that he can't get to goes in. Yeah. You know, now Kerry Price obviously would want to fucking block it to where there wouldn't be a rebound, but, you know – so be it but I guarantee they're gonna fuck the backlash on Matt Murray is not gonna make him play better in these playoffs at all granted the chance of them moving past us very likely but his fans are his his worst enemy it's not the fucking it's not the Canadians on the ice against him it's it's the backlash he's gonna fucking he's gonna hear about thank god the fans aren't there and and the press isn't on his ass yet you know, but they're gonna they're gonna flop back and forth between goalies, and I don't think that's the best thing for Matt Murray right now. Yeah, I saw on the score. I think that Tristan Jerry's the expected goalie. After that fucking game that Matt Murray had, I'm fucking riding hot. I'm going, damn, we're gonna win this game. As as Mike Sullivan, at least, because you look at the game Pittsburgh played, it wasn't that good. If you really break it down for a fifth seed with the players they had, they didn't play that well. At the start of the first period, that's what you expect from Pittsburgh. They had Montreal on the back burner, and that should have been how Pittsburgh played the whole time. And I'm not here to defend Pittsburgh because I fucking, I'm pissed with them. They fucking <laughs> suck. I hate them. They can go to hell right now. But I will defend Matt Murray a little bit because you know what? The guy played a good game. I have respect for him, and I have respect for a lot of the saves he made. That being said, I hope he fucking sucks in game two and Kakaniemi scores five goals and Nick Suzuki gets six. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, the Penguins have not been a friend of mine for a while. They took out two of my teams back-to-back. Um, but it's just so – they're just so mean to this fucking kid. It seems all their goalies they're going to be mean to at some point in their lives. And – you, I just don't see why you can't shut the fuck up while you guys are in the playoffs and just let him do his thing. Why would you destroy his fucking abilities? You know, this is such a mental game for for the goalies. 
and Matt Murray is going to take the brunt of fucking everything, of, of everything that could go wrong. It, it couldn't even be something that that's his fault. Oh, for sure. You know, Evgeny Malkin playing bad or, or getting boxed out by a 20-year-old didn't, is, is honestly, Matt Murray's fault. Malkin didn't – I don't even think he played that bad. I think the Habs just wanted it more, and that's why they won. Because with the way the, the officiating was going, call me a fucking homer. I don't care. I'll admit <laughs> it. That officiating was shit. Anyone could tell you that. And the you time know. clock was fucked. Yeah, a fucking sports <laughs> night. Can't even figure out how to – How long have you been doing fucking hockey games? You can't even get the time right for playoffs. Fucking, you know, not just me, though. I mentioned our Slack before. People in the Slack were going crazy, too. Hockey Troll, fucking with me. He's goaded. He understands. The, the Crosby <laughs> hatred, he's with us. Fuck the pens. But, um, <laughs> man, like, just – Montreal wanted it more, and it's evidence not only in the the score, but the time played from some of our players. You know, we haven't – I don't think we've talked about it enough, and we got to get going soon here soon. We're, you know, we're a little bit late recording today, but we got to talk about the three defensemen who played – well, two played over 30. Ben Chirac got 29 minutes. That is fucking ridiculous. And Shea Weber and Petrie especially, they – Oh, my God. That was just a performance. You know, not flashy from Weber's part, but Petrie. Well, let's just talk about that for a bit. Jesus Christ. Love them. I love them. And and, and with the fucking Oilers, uh, I was excited when we when we got him. We talked about him earlier this year when I was afraid he would, he would be someone that would get moved around. Uh, I'm happy that didn't happen because dude's got playoff poise. <laughs> That boy got game. <laughs> Man, it could I – lo- I loved, first off, as we're going into it, they have the audacity to show all the fucking people who have scored playoff game-winning goals in overtime to show a fucking mountain list of Pittsburgh Penguins and just to have the lone fucking Dale Weiss as the <laughs> Montreal Canadian. That's how they fucked up. They, they had so much karma on them. Fucking Jonesy shitting on us every goddamn commercial break. Dude, I'm so happy for Jeff Petrie. He was in the right place at the right time, and he fucking just drilled it in. I was – it was just beautiful. I didn't believe it. I couldn't fucking believe it. My wife couldn't believe it. Sleeping. Well, because you woke her up. <laughs> she wasn't too happy about Jeff Petrie woke my wife up, not me. That's not my fault. <laughs> no, yeah, but that, it was Jeff Petrie. No, I, I fucking – I lost it, man. That I haven't screamed out loud for the Habs in a long time, and it felt fucking great. But Dave but, Dave, Dave was texting me. He was like, what a game. <laughs> <laughs> that best way to put it, what a fucking game. Oh, man, it was fucking amazing. And, um, you know, I made, I made a funny-ass joke. I guess it's funny to me. You know, we, we would like to see Montreal win. I do like Lafreniere. I would like to see him on this team. Uh, you know, Vegas was, was going back and forth with me last night. And um, I just said we got our one win, and that's good enough for me. They could lose out the rest. But I don't see that being that way. I'm, I've almost, I almost feel like there's going to be an opportunity where we're going to take it to all five games. And there's going to be a moment where I'm feeling like it's fucking Verkaitis off a of semi-pro. 
and we might <laughs> if we win it like that it'll be based off of some shit like that we have just played a, we've outplayed a team that have played poorly for five games and i think yeah. that just that might just be how it happens let's fucking keep it rolling though i Dude, just want to see this team go all the way at this point i'm, I'm rooting <laughs> for it fucking 12th seeds you know represent chicago and us meet in the final beautiful hey man uh what la did it eighth eighth seed back in the day 2001 like 10 or 11 oh i mean we're not we're not the fucking same but you know uh some so my friends over at the wager makers had asked me some questions and they sent me like um you know like the odds of winning and montreal is a dead last at plus eight like eight thousand, and i couldn't help but laugh and then after watching this game i'm like whoever put money on that it's still a long shot but how great does that feel to, oh, to that watch feels. the Pittsburgh Penguins lose? You know, like they, they didn't give the Islanders the credit they deserved last year, and they didn't give us the credit we deserved last last night. And I couldn't be more fucking happy. I don't care if we lose. My goal was to let these young guys get out there, see what it's like to play in the playoffs, get that tenacity. You can see it in Kyle Kenny Emmy. I'm just so goddamn proud of that fucking team for pulling out a dub against this fucking Pittsburgh team that still thinks they got it. <laughs> Oh, for sure. It's it's going to be an exciting series to get into now. And and Sidney Crosby's going to get laid the fuck out for doing that to Brendan Gallagher. It's coming. Oh, 100%. It's coming, and it'll probably be Brendan Gallagher, and he's going to give him that fucking shitty little smile with that little mustache, and it's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> he's going to be standing over him like Ali in, in the Superdome. It's going to be great. Fuck, man, man I, that was a great game. Oh, it was so fucking good. And I, I'm fucking cheesed that we can't keep talking about it because sadly I've got a fucking we got I've a got run. a wrapper up here. It's it is but, what it is. Oh. They couldn't dude, they had seven chances on the power play, only one. Fuck them. They don't deserve it. No, they fuck They don't deserve don't. to play with a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs. <laughs> uh it's it's the team of destiny at this point. Either whether that destiny's Lafreniere or the cup, I don't fucking care. I'm happy with both, so I am just – I'm so fucking happy hockey's back, man. Just to know that there was games yesterday was like Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And and because the fucking Saints aren't playing their preseason, I can watch it on fucking basic television. My God, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Let's keep it up. The Pelicans suck. So hopefully they don't play any of their fucking games and we can just keep this train rolling. It was so beautiful to turn on a dusty – DVR and fucking blow the cobwebs off this bad boy, turn it on and have a fucking game ready. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh man. I yeah. yeah. Can't wait to be this excited next game. Probably lose because Sidney Crosby is gonna be fucking LeBron James crying in the fucking locker room, telling people to step up. He's gonna tell fucking uh Malkin he needs to do a better job, you know the fucking Super League or whatever the fuck it is. We might get waxed. I don't believe it. There's a chance it can happen. But I think we proved that we can hang with them. This is a big statement game for the Habs. And I think team teams, especially the Pens, are going to take them a lot more seriously now. It's great knowing that everyone's polls are already fucking wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of brackets broken from this game is absurd. The, the two games, Edmonton and uh, – the Habs game. I think Arizona too, because I think people are playing with what what they believe to be right. 
which was Nashville being something compared to Arizona. Oh, which, for sure. If they looked at, at the at the games played during the season, I know that doesn't really matter that much considering they had four weeks off. I mean, four months off, but I think Darcy Kemper is better than fucking uh, Pecorine. Uh, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. I'll give you I that. don't know. I don't fucking know. I think maybe in the regular oh, season. Oh, man. I had to, dude, I had to follow. I had to watch these fucking teams just shit the bed for the first half of the season. I think Darcy Kemper can go all the way with that team. Uh, but I think they'd have they'd get fucked by us. Anyway, we got to go, folks. There's a lot of energy still here. But I know my man's got to go some ways. probably going out to eat. Maybe soccer practice. I'm not sure. Maybe a tornado oh, morning fuck, practice. Bro. I wish I still had soccer practice, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I got hockey back, so I can live with that. But, man, I wish I would. Anyway, yeah, going out. Hopefully I'll survive the fucking uh, tornado warnings. But, um, you know, it's been great talking. Fucking hockey again. Real meaningful shit we get to talk about. Super excited about that. And, um, you know, as always, I've been your host, Mason Dixon, with Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this has been Habs Nightly. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.